welcome to another edition. This like super, super, this is like my family. This is my family that I'm having <laughs> on this edition of Mike Checker. This is my family. If everybody listens to our Wu-Tang summary series, this is Focus's sister, my sister too, Risha yeah. Archibald, the pride of Hazelwood Central, the pride of Lincoln University, the pride of Delta Sigma Theta and sorority and pride of all of us. We super, super wow. proud of her and everything she's been doing. And I'm glad that she came under to tell her story because her story is super wild, wild interesting of what <laughs> where she is now as it is one of the producers on Johnson's on Bounce TV starring with Dia Hughley. Thomas Jones, name some of the co-stars. and in- created it and produced it as well as one of the EPs, along with Thomas Q. Jones. He wrote the majority of the episodes as well. And then the other two leads are Derek's Brady and Philip Smithy. Okay. I got, I got, if I do get a chance to get Thomas, I have to let him know, I won that one in $75 in college from when he was playing in college, from a game he played in, uh, literally from uh, in the dorm. And it literally saved my life for two weeks. For four. <laughs> I, I literally owe him like my, I don't even know if I would have been able to survive in Ames for two weeks when he was at University of Tennessee. Like, I'm like, look, <laughs> I that think they would have me now. I was like $75. I ain't had a 75, so it really just plus. It wasn't, it wasn't add no to my 75. It was literally just zero to 75. Were they playing? They were playing Tennessee that game? No, 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 no. He played for University of Tennessee. He was at Virginia. Virginia. No, no, he played University of Tennessee. Yes. And yeah, they, and I was like, yo, this dude running back doing get 200 some yards. It was like, what? No, I was like, we don't even know. I was like, I'm telling you, man. And I it was crazy because I watched. You know, back then you can only time you can really get to know players. The internet one is big, so you right. watch college game day in the morning, and they would highlight players, and they highlighted him. And I was like, "Hey man, I just think he just looked like he knew what he was doing." I'm putting it on that guy. <laughs> it was just it was just some guys in the dorm, you know, just chopping off. And I was like, "Man, he gonna he gonna kill," it. and he did. He got like 265 yards or something. I was hey. me all the all the Ames people. They know I had a lot of pizza. I was I was buying pizza pit wings. For everybody, for lives out here saving lives. Yeah, saving lives. Yeah. Didn't even know he don't even know. young black man made it through college because him save age. So it's not like like <laughs> right. That's hilarious. That is so funny. So yeah, let's get into your story, Risha. You from Denver original? Was was your family's from St. Louis? Yeah. Shout out to your mom, chick, who's who's high school classmates with my uncle, who is Kevin Woodson. Yeah, he's gonna come. He he, he don't want to come on my podcast. I don't know why he won't, but he just being extra. Like I, I mean, you know, I'm what I'm gonna talk about. I don't want to talk about nothing with you like that. We talk in general. Just bring <laughs> the camera to my house, like uh, he bring the camera to his house, and like he get a, he get a special edition, like it is <laughs> right, right. He in his big chair. Yeah, it's, but originally from Denver. Right. Your your parents are both from St. Louis, but y'all ended up in different. So how did your family come from St. Louis to Denver? I know the story, but. Sure. So yeah, my parents met in St. Louis and my daddy, he was in the military for years. And one of the places that he was stationed in was Denver, Colorado at one point. And when he got back to St. Louis, he was just like, I got to get out of here. And so he was like out of the places that he had traveled to through the military, because he was out of the military at this point. He was like either Denver or San Francisco and Denver won. So my mama and he had met you know, shortly, I think right before he had made the decision to move. 
and he was like yo you can roll with me yeah, but, I'm saying, but it's just like you know you you want to roll with, it sounded like a hood movie like you want to move to atlanta like in right. this <laughs> well you know she was going through a lot of like family issues yeah and, so she was a good so escape for her. Had, yeah she she was she was in a position where she needed to move from st louis anyway so daddy was like you know you can roll with me you know we can make it happen you know whatever it was kind of like whatever let's just go together exactly so yeah so uh, that was in 1980 and uh, like the end of 1980 and then they got married in 81 had me in 82 had will in 83 focused in 83 and so will and i are 11 months apart so yeah, you know, y'all are with the, with the, are they, I just call it Irish twins, right? Irish twins. But isn't Irish twins normally supposed to be if you got two different baby mamas? Though? I thought it was 11 months apart, but I don't know. Maybe that's ghetto twins. Ghetto twins. So in, in theory, y'all could have ended up being in the same class almost. Yeah. Depending on how it would have met, you know, the yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Yep. But yeah, so that's my guy, man. Will, I mean, I don't remember life without that, that dude, you know, so. So you literally do not remember, because yeah, y'all 11 months apart, so you don't remember any like- No life without Will. About, no. It's like not even a twin. Okay. It's like not having a twin, but it's a twin because you don't recollect life. It's not like you were two or three and like, oh, this other dude roll up. It's like, he always been here as soon as I remember, I can see color, he was here. He was here, yeah. And we kind of we kind of act like twins too. It's so y'all weird. Y'all do. Like, we'll, call, we'll call each other and be like, what you wearing? <laughs> we wear the same colors all the time it's so weird it's so weird so y'all in denver so y'all so i focus tells me a story that when you all were in denver it was like when you guys had to move to back to st louis it was like the end of the world for y'all because that's all y'all knew was denver yeah i mean well st louis was always our second home like we would go to st louis like two and three times a year to visit family you know so it wasn't like we were moving to a foreign land, you know. I think, I think the hardest thing was we were we were like really involved in the city. Like I was in hella choirs, and Will Will also was in a few choirs there. You know, we had our crews. You know what I'm saying? I was a junior in high school when we left, and I was a basketball manager, you know, peer peer leader, mentor, mediate peer mediator. Like we were into some of everything. NAACP, I was the treasurer for our youth and college division. Like we were the charter members of the youth and college division for the NAACP. So we were very, very enthralled in the fabric of what was going on in the city at that time. So that was very difficult. But, you know, my mama has, she deals with five different autoimmune diseases. And at the time we, we had to leave. Like she said that she had a dream or something like that. And, and the Holy Spirit told her that if she wasn't gone by March, she'd be dead. And so daddy was like, we moving. So it was as simple as that, you know what I'm saying? And she wanted to have us, you know, stay and finish up the school semester. But I was like, no, ma'am. Like we both were like, we not. No, we leave. If you leave, we leave. Like we not staying. Oh, here. so yeah. So you was gonna you was gonna you was gonna finish your senior year there in Denver originally. My junior year. So I was okay. a junior. Yeah. <laughs> she wanted she wanted us to finish out school, cause that was that was my we we had that family meeting when I was we were at Christmas break, so that was like January. So you when I didn't know you guys you transferred mid semester. I mean, like so. 
Why well, I thought I always thought it was like that summer, and then you went into mm, second semester junior year. Oh, that was rough. Ooh, when I tell you, and like our, uh, I was the basketball manager for my team, and my team was like the best team in the in the city. So like stuff was heating up. We were going to the championships. Like all that was happening, and I left. Did Chauncey go to y'all high school? No, he went to a different school. He went to George George Washington. Okay. Yeah, but I grew up watching him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's one of my favorite players for sure. But, uh, but yeah, like it was it was rough. But St. Louis will always have a very special place in my heart, though, because you know, going from city to city like that, going into uncharted territory in some ways, you know what I'm saying? It can be kind of scary, you know. And on the very first day of school, shout out to Antronella Duff, like. One of my best friends to this day, she welcomed me to sit and eat with her and her crew. <laughs> hey, the people are just misunderstand that they're sitting down at lunch. That's the you know man. I've never had to deal with it though, because you know, my girl looked up for me. Like we had math class together. And she I stepped into the classroom. And she was like, you know? And I was like, Yeah. And she's like, you can come back here and sit with me if you want to. And so I sat with her in math class. And then for lunch, she had me sit with her crew. And I'm like, man, this is love. Like, cause my friends and I would do that in Denver. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But that was rare. Like that didn't happen, but that's just how me and my friends were. But it's, that's, that's paying it forward. That's life paying it forward. Absolutely. Absolutely so. Cause you could get, you could have gotten into the wrong, some wrong crews there too. Yeah, I could have. <laughs> yeah, Central was full of everybody. <laughs> yeah, when we were all in high school, that was a transitional time of Central. The beginning yeah. of it. Where yeah. it's transition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were we the last of the Mohicans for real. Because mm -hmm. like I I probably say after after probably 2005, it started to change for real, for real. Yeah. But I graduated in 2000. But it was like, yeah, it was definitely half and half black kids, white kids. Yeah. yeah I, it was so I as a kid not going to Central, I always thought Central was most was mostly black until. I remember Marco was like, no, man, my school is, you know, uh, and I was like, for real? I ain't never met a white person from Hazelwood Central. And then I end up going to one of y'all events. And I was like, oh, wow, it really is happening. Yep. No, it it's so hard in the city. You didn't know. You thought it was just as many, like, as Central people, Black people, as it was East people. It felt like that. Yeah, it, I mean, it felt like that because, like, the sports were that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe that's what Our it was. basketball too. team and football teams were mostly black and was killing at that time. And Crash. Central was the biggest high school in the state at one point. Yep, 2,500 students. Yep, it was huge. I remember going there like, what? So many kids here. But, yeah, it was dope. Like, I had great teachers. It was It was a hard transition in the beginning, you know, just because, like, I, I low-key saw how racist – St. Louis was too out the gate. Mm. Like one of my in in Denver, we had an African American history class, and so I took that class instead of U.S. history, mm -hmm. and they took that credit. Right, moved to St. Louis, they did not take that credit, so I had to take U.S. history with sophomores. That was hot. I had to take health class because I took I took other classes like they gave alternate alternate classes in Denver yeah. that you could take in lieu of other other things. So if I didn't want to take those classes because I knew about those subjects and wasn't interested in that, I would take whatever the alternative was. And yeah, Central wasn't having it. I was so angry. So when my, when all the seniors were doing co-op senior year, 
which is what I should have been doing, I was taking remedial classes like health class. Wow, you sitting there with freshmen. I was so angry, Swiss. Like, yo, I was so mad. Just sitting in there with some random kids. But I mean, I will say though that, you know, it, it did open me up to meet some pretty cool people who were younger than me, who I didn't grow up with. So, you yeah. know, everything happens for a reason, whatever. But I, I definitely was upset. And what was whack was in at our school in Denver, shout out to Denver East High School, uh, home of the Denver Angels. It's Don Cheadle, Pam Greer, right? Yeah, man. All them. Yep. Philip Bailey. Philip Bailey, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. What you, is it? Sinbad is Sinbad from Denver too? He is not. No, he went to a different for basketball. Yeah, he went to. <clears throat> yeah, he went to. I think he's from like Wichita or something. I think he's from Wichita, Kansas. Some maybe maybe something like that, or is some Wichita? Maybe he was in the military. Something, something with some random cities like that. But yeah, well, yeah, he did spend some time in Colorado though. But but yeah, we would get like an hour lunch in Denver and we could drive to school and everything else. At Central, they had 30 minute lunch in the cafeteria. You couldn't drive unless you had a co-op. He's from Michigan. Michigan, got yeah. it. Detroit? Benton Harbor. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's basically Detroit. <laughs> got it, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, it was, moving to St. Louis was definitely a transition. But my mama was doing so much better. And like I said, the people welcomed us with open arms. And what was dope was that, you know, we we meshed with the kids so well because we have a St. Louis upbringing, although we grew up in Denver. You know what I'm saying? Parents we, are from St. Louis. My, yeah, and they so St. Louis. Like my mama yeah. from you know, the projects, my daddy from the North Side. So yeah, like they St. Louis through and through. So we we had that St. Louis upbringing and that's what we, you know, clicked so well with the with the people then too, like I said, it was always our second home. We would go there so often and spend, spend all our breaks there, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so, like so then while you're in high school, you get named Miss Gateway Classic. So I actually was Miss NAACP. Miss NAACP, okay, I, okay, yep. okay. Yep. Yep. So how did that come all about? Well, um, Will and I had been a part of the NAACP at that time for like, six years or so and I really can't remember how I got named Miss NAACP for Missouri I I, I don't know if I just submitted myself or <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember I don't remember but I did compete on a national level and I got second runner-up and that that was a combination of like having a talent and so um, it was like a, it was like a like a, it was literally it was it like competing against Miss Black America type thing or yeah Oh, wow. So it was okay. So it was like a pageant pageant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was in 2000. Yeah, 2000. Yep. Wow. We were in, we were in uh, Atlanta. Yep. Wow. Yep. I, I never understood that stuff, man. I've never even, I don't even know if you know, you know, my mom was Miss Black Missouri 78. What? No bullshit. No, 79. 79. 79. Wow. And I showed up a year later. A year and a half. <laughs> she kicked it too hard after. That's funny. I love it. I yeah. Love so, so you end up choosing to go to Lincoln because you end up getting a scholarship because of getting that far in a competition, right? No, I, I didn't. No, I, I got my scholarships because of just my academic. Oh, okay. I always thought that you got a scholarship from being in that pageant. I always thought that was like a. They might have given one to the the winner, but I was like the. Was I the second runner up or first runner up? 
I can't remember which one, but I was one of the runner-ups, the first or second. And I, no, I didn't you know who the first runner-up is. I mean, the, the, not the first runner-up, the, the champion is the weekend. Yeah, golly. that was like over oh, 20 years ago. I was a salutatorian of eighth grade. I check up on the girl that's a valedictorian every six months. A shout out to Pam Conley. Like she's doing super dope. Like she's a lawyer in DePaul. Like she listens to podcasts. She's gonna be like, Negro, you just talked to me like two weeks. It's so funny you say that though, because I I recently so I went to Denver to support my best friend for her um her show. I just snuck up on her. And, huh? You're good for just sneaking up on people. I like surprises. <laughs> but our music teacher was there to support her. And my my last memory of him was, well, one of the, mo- the main ones I remember was when I didn't get selected for the Angel Airs. So, like, that was, like, the top choir in... in the oh, show. that's the choir. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, like, the chamber choir. So, they do all the little fancy dance steps and the show the show choir. It, so, it, so, it's Kirk Franklin for Denver. Kirk Franklin and the family for Denver. Right, it, but with show. It's, like, show tunes, right? Yeah. So, so was, God- exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, they had auditions. Now, I was a part of a, a group that they were, like basically grooming to go right into angel layers right if you wanted to mm-hmm. man when i tell you when i audition my nerves be so bad like i don't i don't like singing by myself like put me in a choir and let me just bust them harmonies and hold my own just let me do it you know what i can do just let me do it if i got audition my nerves be bad i don't like all that you know what i'm saying <laughs> i don't like all that attention on me it just drives me crazy just put- so, period just let me do what i do i got you don't even worry about it so I'm thinking that I pretty much was a shoe in because I was in that special hand-picked class that he created to put everybody into Angel Airs. So I did the audition. I didn't mess up the entire audition, but I definitely did mess up some because I was nervous. So he didn't select me for Angel Airs. And when I tell you I was crushed, oh my God. I found him and I lit into him so bad. I was so mad. This is recently? No, I was in high school. Oh. But I saw him recently. And he was like, Risha, I'm so sorry. He was like, Of course she is. He said, (laughs) one of my worst memory, or my worst memory professionally was not choosing you for Angel Airs. He was like, you hunted me down. (laughs) I was like, I sure did. You thought you was in there. You thought you was in there. And so, and then, because he had told me, he was like, we got you next year. But next year never came because we moved. So when I told him I was moving, he was like, oh, you won't be able to do Angela's. I was like, (laughs) well, Well, you don't care. Over it at that point. So, but I, I really, he made me feel really good, you know, just telling me you know, apologizing to me recently because that was over 20 years ago at this point, yeah. you know, so you would tell me that that was big for me. But I said all that to say to your point about, you know, comparing yourself to people who, you know, were the it person in school growing up. Like I think about all the things I've done and most of the people who were like the it people aren't doing half the stuff I've been doing. You know what I'm saying? And what is it? Uh, what was it? 50 Cent did it right when he said, damn, homie, you used to be the man, homie. What happened to you? They said in high school, you used to be the man, homie. What happened to you? Like, I just, I'm grateful that, you know, I've been able to stay focused on 
my goals and that I've had the opportunities that I've had because, you know, I, I look at, you know, even that instant where I didn't get into the choir that I wanted to, you know, that was in adversity in my young age, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But I had to figure out how to navigate that no, you know what I'm saying? And that, that bruised my ego. It hurt my feelings. I didn't think I deserved that. And I had to figure out how to push through, you know what I'm saying? So it's like all those things matter, you know what I mean? And then to have, you know, my, my teacher, you know, show me mad love when I saw him recently and even acknowledge that, I really appreciated that. And I know that he's proud of me, you know what I'm saying? And I'm proud of him because he's still doing his thing, being an amazing teacher. Shout out to Mr. Taylor, being an amazing teacher, <laughs> changing and, and molding young, young, young lives, you know, in Denver. So shout out to him. But yeah, I mean... We, to your point, like, we just kind of keep, got to keep pushing because it's like, yeah, we, we have all this competition in high school and college and whatever else we're doing, but it's like, we got to stay focused on what our goals are. And, and you can't live off the laurels of the last five years. That's one thing. I, like, you can't be living off what I did five years ago. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. That's it. That's it. So, yeah. So, all right. So you decided to go to Lincoln University. How yeah. did you go to end up at Lincoln? Sure. So I always wanted to go to Howard. My oldest brother, Greg, who, Greg, you know, that's my big brother. I look up to him so much. I wanted to go to Howard my whole life. And when mama got sicker, I wanted to be closer to her. So I actually had a scholarship, I had a, I got accepted into Alabama Annium and had a scholarship opportunity, but I went to go visit Lincoln as well. And some of my Denver friends went there and we actually, we all did a tour before they ended up going there. We all did a tour of the campus. Cause one of my adopted aunts, Aunt Carolyn Phillips, who was our NAACP advisor at the time, she had a close friend who was one of the VPs at the school. So they set up a whole tour for us. So we went down to Lincoln and stayed for like two or three days and, you know, met different people there. And I was like, this school is dope. Like, I love the campus. It's nice. It's clean. The people seem really friendly. It's only like an hour 45 from the crib. So it's far enough to get some independence, but it's close enough that if I need to get on the highway to see my mama and daddy and check on that. everybody, I can do that too. So going to Lincoln just made sense. And I always wanted to go to an HBCU. So, you know, outside of Harris Stowe, you know, Lincoln is the other HBCU and the oldest HBCU in the state. Um, I mean, what so it's, yeah. it's only it's only three HBCUs in the mid, well, no, four, five in the Midwest period, right? I think it's only three. Langston, Harrisstow, and Langston. Well, no, I mean you got um Wilberforce and um Central in Ohio. Oh, yep, yep, yep. You're right. Yep, that is. And then that unofficially, Chicago State. Oh, no, 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 it's not. But it is. But, but it is. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess I wasn't thinking of them as the Midwest, but they are. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. And oh, I guess would you consider uh, Kentucky State then too? I think Kentucky's more Southern, right? But Kentucky State is a it's a Midwest. I mean, it's Louisville's right there. So I guess Kentucky State too. Yeah. Yeah. And guys, West Virginia State is that. I know that's HBCU as well. I don't know much about West Virginia State. Yeah, I mean, I looked it up and it was like, I was, I, I, I'll talk to you about offline. Just Google that and, and just go to the uh, National Panhandlenic Conference, I mean, Council's uh, page. And I tell you, it'll, it'll blow your mind. <laughs> oh, God. 
You have to text that. Text that to me so look, I can remember. And then you text. find out, and then you go look at the demographics on screen. You're like, oh, it makes sense. Okay. All right. Yeah. Send that to- <laughs> well, that's the thing about a lot of HBCUs. Like a lot of them are, a lot of them are, wait, what's going on here? Sorry, my iPhone is tripping. I don't know what that was. A lot of HBCUs, you know, they had to integrate when segregation ended mm-hmm. too. So a lot of the white, a lot of these schools are in rural cities. So, yep. you know, the white folks who didn't have as much money, but knew they could get a good education, went to our school. Lincoln's the same way. Lincoln has a, a large white population. And this is the thing, though. And, and this no disrespect to any Caucasian as a white person has went to HBCU. I've never met a white person who's went to HBCU yet. I know they exist. I know the statistical things, but, you know, for my gig, you know, where I'm looking at applications, I've never seen nobody pop up with a FAMU. And you'd be like, huh. let me go to LinkedIn. That's not fam you. That's fam <laughs> you. <laughs> I've never, I haven't seen it. Yes, I just wonder if there's like an underground like component of like, like white people that go to HBCUs that you don't know about. And it's like an underground thing where like they maybe change their college on, on their resume. I don't, I've, I've never seen, I know the statistics that there, that there are more white people that go to HBCUs than, than people think. But I don't see them, if that makes sense. Like, I've never what? seen them How on LinkedIn. Many? Like, if you go to LinkedIn, like, if I go to the LinkedIn Facebook page, I don't see them as, you know, fans of the LinkedIn Facebook page. Yeah. Well, you know what I would say about LinkedIn? And I don't know about the other places, but for my school, like, it was very Black at night. <laughs> because all the, all the white students went home. Because they literally... <laughs> Yeah, they didn't stay on campus. They went home because they live right there. You know what I'm saying? So like you would see more Lincoln resumes from white suit from white people if you lived in Jefferson City. Mm, you saying that basically all oh. they they stay within their area because they're from there. Like we're not from Jeff City. You know what I'm right. saying? We go to school. So you're saying that someone that a white person went to Lincoln is not gonna move to Kansas City or St. Louis. They're probably just gonna stay in that 40, 50 mile radius for anything. Exactly. Yep. Cause they're staying close to their families. So like if you, Alabama A&M, they're going to stay in Huntsville. Or are they going to, if they have FAMU, they they going to stay in Tallahassee or wherever. Exactly. Yep. Unless yep. I guess it's one, I guess you'll, you, I guess you would know white people are going to the bigger ones, like a Howard or, you know, something like that. Like, oh yeah, that white person went there. But you hear about like a lot of smaller towns where a lot more white people went to HBCUs. And yeah, that makes sense that they would just stay in that area. They don't like, I'm going to the city, you know, like yeah, because they they not they not big city people, so they like mm, I'm gonna, like that. That's man, because I've been looking for them on. Uh, I'll just go to random HBCU Facebook pages to try to find white people. It's like it's like a <laughs> where's Waldo, you know. And then you like click on their page to see if like are they you know are they are they a part of the community? Or are they just going to school there? Right, you know, which is two They're different things. <laughs> right, but I just want to find them. It's like where's Waldo? I think I saw like a <laughs> Facebook group where we just go through like different HBCUs and find the white people that went there. That is funny. Like a, like a thing of like, if you find, it's like Pokemon, you know, we got to find them. <laughs> so I decided to stay for another two years and get my, got my MBA in management. Me, I actually did want to come back. I was actually in St. Louis every weekend in grad school. So it didn't even- I was back home all the time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You was like, I'm already here. I ain't got to really do too much, try to reapply to another school for graduate yeah. school. Exactly. I knew all the teachers, you know what I'm saying? Like I got a cool little job working at the prosecutor's office back then. So 
Yeah, I was working full time and going to school full time and knocked it on out. Yep. So after leaving Lincoln, you come back. You came back to St. Louis about a year. No, I actually went from grad school to Omaha. That's right. <laughs> so, like that. Was, like oh man, oh man. Hold on. Yeah, we gotta rewind this back. So hold on. So you didn't. You never came back to St. Louis for. Nope. I was just. I was home just visiting. Maybe I just felt like you was here though. Because I was always there. I would, when I tell you I legit was at home almost every weekend during when I was in grad school, that's why, that's when I met y'all. Yeah, that's what I I'm met, saying. I met y'all, I met y'all in 05. Yeah, because I met yeah. your brother. You know the story I mean your brother met? No. So we both went to the Million Man March. Yes. And okay. I talked, I was, I think I text Adrian or called him. He's like, yo, you know, focus is there. I was like, I ain't never really met him before. He's like, yo. Just hit him up. So I call him. I'm like, maybe we might have met once before. We had never kicked it or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, I'm here too. He's like, yo. And like, we just literally linked up like an hour later. And that's been my dude for 16 years. <laughs> he's yeah. my only, he's one of my only new friends. I tell that's him all the time, you like the last person that got in. I love it. I love it. And we've been kicking. Oh. That's I met Greg that weekend. I'm talking about all this stuff happened that weekend. He met one of my boys, Nate from New York. He ended up getting cool with. We ended up having a whole thing trying to get an H2O this night. It was just, and he ended up having to stay in my crib because yep. he couldn't get back to uh, <laughs> Greg's crib because it was because the, the whatever now. And he yeah. had to end up staying with me. It was just, it was like he was like, hey, he's like, dude, I'm always messing with you, dude. Like you literally. Just was like, yo, yep. you just stay on the couch in the hotel room. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, dude. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So fast forwarding. So we, you moved to Omaha. Then me and Focus come up Omaha. And then that's when Focus got, me and Focus took like, it'd be like a National Lampoon's uh, road trip. We literally drove from sailors through Iowa, hung out in Iowa for two days, then yep. came to Omaha, hang out with y'all for like three or four days, and then it snowed right literally mid focus. I tell these all the time, it was like divine intervention. We would have not have made it to Omaha. Me and him just woke up at like three in the morning and we was like, Do you just want to ride? We went out for New Year's Eve that night and kicked it, but it was it was hard even getting there. It was still yep. snow, snow, like it wasn't no joke snow. Yeah, yeah, yep. that was oh six, huh? Yeah. That was you. You were working for Union Pacific, right? No, I was working for the Veterans Affairs Healthcare Center. Veterans Affairs. Why did I think Union was Union? Because UP is there. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people work there. That's why. Yeah, and, and now Omaha is one of the only cities and places my cell phone would just cut out, and it would be like terrible, terrible reception. Terrible. And they don't they don't have a lot of towers for like T-Mobile or whatever. Because I had yep. T-Mobile back in those days. Like my phone broke, and I had T-Mobile. I had to end up getting a whole new phone through Sprint because T-Mobile didn't even have stores there. Wow. Yeah. Now, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, the, the service for cell phones was whack back in 06. Yeah. I mean, look, we kick, end up kicking at your house the day. Yeah. I legit was like applying for jobs at my job. <laughs> I was like, I got to go. Omaha is not it, yo. It is not. Yeah. Shout out to Omaha. Though. I mean, like, I made some amazing friends and met some amazing sororers out there in Omaha. So, you know, got got love for Omaha, but it was just not the place for me. So then um, you go, does that you go to LA then, Rand? I went back home. So that's when I came home. So maybe that's about six months or so. Four, four years. You was there for four years. So that's the period I remember you that being. Yep. 
And I, three days before I left Omaha, I got a call from Boeing saying I got the job. That's right. You worked for Boeing. That's yep. right. Yep. I had a I had a panel phone interview at work one day. In my little office. I had a little like closet office, but I was like, I'm fine because I can shut this door. Y'all don't know what's going on. So I shut my little door, had my little phone conference with Boeing. They told me I had the job and I was man shouting okay three days before i left <laughs> i got that call that i got that job and i was at boeing for three and a half years yeah yeah working in their supply chain logistics group buying i was buying military aircraft parts missile parts like fighter fighter planes cargo planes and missiles yeah because they didn't renew your contract there and then that's when you to la right right so they had a big layoff yep. uh, like ten thousand people back in 2010 yep yeah, that was a big layoff. Yeah. Big layoff. Yeah. And so I, I hung out in St. Louis for a little bit. And at the time I was, I started doing background vocals for Aloha Michelle. Aloha uh, the Knuckles. Yeah. Now the Knuckles. Knuckles. Her and Rockwell. Yes. Yep. But I, I did backgrounds for her for uh, a whole year back in 2010. And uh, golly, I was singing so much back then. I was doing backgrounds for Coco Soul on occasion. She's out here now. She's out here now. Oh, she's in LA? In Atlanta for a minute, but now she's here. But yeah, I was singing for everybody and then doing praise team at church. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I I have a mentor named Gerald Haddon. And he was like, Reach, what you gonna do? He's like, You ain't got no 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 husband, no kids, you ain't got no job. You wanna be <laughs> you wanna do entertainment, you gotta go to New York or LA. What's it gonna be? And at the time I was 28 when he was talking to me about all this. And at the time also I was managing an artist. And my business partners and I decided to try to boost her career out here as well. So we decided that I would move to LA and that she would come out a little bit later while I got my footing or what have you. And we moved on out. So yeah, I moved to LA August, 2011. So I literally just celebrated my uh, 10th anniversary. Crazy, right? Yeah. So no, like this is just people don't understand this is the beginning of the story this is just the preamble right <laughs> everything that's dope the reach already did a whole bunch of dope stuff we just now we getting into like that was like the prequels for a movie you know like now we're gonna get into <laughs> dope shit now so the, i know when you came there i believe if i'm wrong or right you were work for sony nbc universal nbc universal yeah. and I know that's when you came out you were there with them yeah. and then you were with them for a while, and then you, were you, is that when you got linked up doing Moore's Day in the Time background? So actually, no, that was the first year I moved here. Yeah, I, I did Moore's Day maybe like two or three months in. No, matter of fact, it was definitely two months in because I was still living outside of LA then. So I must have done I must have done Moore's Day back in like September 2011. So my girl, shout out to Carla Carter, um, an amazing vocalist and songwriter who works with Jimmy. Grammy and put, put some respect on her name, Grammy. I'm, yes, for sure. You're a Grammy winner too, Risha. We, we have to let people know that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I want everybody to get all their accolades. Grammy award winning yes. uh, singer songwriter, Carla Carter. She was working with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis at the time. And they were going back, they had got, just gone back into the studio to record an album called The Original Seven. Right, to reform the- Morris Day. Yep, it was Morris Day in the time, but they had to change their name because- oh, oh, Rest in peace and I love him, but he's very, sh- not shady, 
He's very controlling. How your how your label did you? Am I involved in this? Right. No, then you can't use the name. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they the have time is mine. But he did come up with the name the time though. So I gotta give him that. Well, I guess. <laughs> but whatever. So yeah, so Carla and I did background vocals. Well, she hit me and was like, sis, I got called to do some background vocals with Morris Day. And the time I was like, what? That's amazing. And at the time I had been doing it and she knew I'd been, you know, I yeah. put a bit, you know, that's what I had been doing for a while at that point. And so she was calling to, you know, for some advice and, you know, cause she's a, she's a lead singer. Like she doesn't really do a whole lot of backgrounds unless she's in the studio. And I was like, dude, that's such a dope opportunity. And so she hit me like a few days later and was like, yo, they need one more singer. Are you, are you available? And I was like, yeah. She was like, well, send me some, you know, video of you singing. And I was like, okay, cool. So I sent her some stuff and she was like, bet they love you. Like, let's go. So I went to the rehearsals and legit, like Morris Day is as cool as he appears to be. <laughs> cool. And yeah, he had a, a little baby. <laughs> I think that kid was like, yeah, no, no, no. I know. Yeah, he's got a young kid. I know that. Yeah, the the ba- the kid was like three or so when I saw him or her. I can't remember what it was, but I think it was a boy. But yeah, so he out here, you know what I'm saying? He out here, he cool. <laughs> but it was just such an amazing experience. We um sang on Jay Leno, met Jay. Like he was so cool and accommodating and kind. I mean, to be singing Jungle Love with Morris Day in the time, like I still am amazed at that. You know what I'm saying? I actually just sent Carla a reminder. I went to the African-American History Museum in, with the Smithsonian in DC mm-hmm. and they have they have an exhibit of Jungle Love like at the Smithsonian. I was like, oh my God, like I legit sang this song with them. It's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I did that. What else did I do that first year? I did a bunch of stuff. But that definitely is one of my like top five moments in my singing singing career for sure. So then, so no, Manil, you're still working for Universal at the same time during this. Doing no, I did that before I joined Universal. So okay. shortly after that, I joined Universal. So that was 2011. I joined Universal in 2012. Okay, I thought you were doing it either simultaneously. I thought that you were doing it simultaneously at the same simultaneously. I was still singing, but I didn't do that then. Yeah. So then you were over there, you went to Universal, you were doing a Universal letter of advice, what you were doing at Universal? Sure. I was working for um, Universal Pictures in their home entertainment division. And so it was my job to manage suppliers and keep track of inventory. So, and also handle quality control issues. So I had to like, if you were to buy a Blu-ray, you say you bought, you know, I don't know, what's the Universal type? The Minions. Mm-hmm. Ever. I would, you know, manage buying the discs and the cases and the shrink wrap and the stickers and everything, the picture graphics that go around the case. Like I would manage all those pieces to make sure we have enough to build out the entire product that, that you see in the store. And then say, for instance, if there was a quality issue, so say you ordered it off Amazon and it came to you and it was defective, Amazon would call me and be like, hey, Reese, Daryl needs a new dvd and we need to figure out where this where his defective item came from because there's a likelihood that if his item is defective that whole exactly so we'd have to get down to the nitty-gritty of that too so yeah that's what i did for nbc universal on the universal picture side of the house but also i was very involved with the black employee network i sat on the board for that 
and also manage the community outreach leg of the Black Employee Network. So it was my job to, you know, come up with different initiatives that our employee base could do to go out into the community on behalf of the company. So I did that as well. So how did you get into the, like the acting, the sketches? And that's where it really started to like go like super explosion for, for you or the other stuff. And we'll we'll come back to your Grammy in a second, but I wanted to touch there first. <laughs> Sure. So one of my really good friends, Ken Edwin, he's a phenomenal comedian. I met him through my homegirl, LJ, who also is a comedian. And so LJ connected Ken and I and we established a friendship. And he one day randomly hit me like, yo, Reese, you want to, because he knows I act. Mm -hmm. He was like, yo, you want to do some sketches with me? And I was like, bet I'm down. Because to me, you know, actors want to act, singers want to sing, you know what I'm saying? So (laughs) I'm like, I'm down, let's go. So we just started doing them and people love them. So, and really it's so fun because we we do improvisation on those things. Like Ken will come up with different story beats that he wants us to hit, but then we just go, you know what I'm saying? And it makes it so fun. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited that people love those sketches because honestly, I, I do them and forget about them. You know what I'm saying? And so I'll be out somewhere and be like, people be like, ah. and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> I don't even be thinking about it though, but yeah, they they be getting mad love. I appreciate y'all for that. Yeah, no, they they, they be they was funny. I was like, and it's like <laughs> I know you too, so I was like, I know. It's just like it, especially when it's improv, you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what makes it funny? You're like, oh yeah, okay. that, that sounds right. Like, hey, you have you did did you do any sketch with Tahir? No, I haven't done any with him. I would love. I, to. To I gotta tell him. I've been. Yeah, you know, I've told him before, but. I don't even think he's really doing sketches anymore, for real. Yeah, I think he's he's moving in a different direction. Yeah, but I have to tell him if he ever does them again, he can, you know, holler at your girl. But yeah, I'm proud of all y'all cats, man. Because like, like the real thing is like people's like they when people think we exaggerate when we say you can't spell hustle without STL. That's Dang. a real thing for us. That's a real thing because we it's so hard. You, we got to get it from the mud here. So Period. you know. We got We're not afraid of getting our hands dirty at all. Right, right. So, yeah, so then you start getting, like, really heavy into the acting thing. Would you start, uh, shout out to Gino before I even jump into this. Uh, Gino, short, short story, he was one of my first big interviews on when we, me and Javon's podcast back in 2012. Really? When he had the show with Isaac Keys, what was that show? The Therapist. And we had him on, on the pod. He came on, it was during over a uh, phone. This is before Zoom and all this. So we had to plug my phone into the board, you know what I'm saying? Do all that stuff. But he's one of the first ones, man. And so you helped work with him on Black Boots. Yeah. How was that with the Black, because Black Boots, explain people with Black Boots, what Black Boots is, is though. Shout out to Gino, sure. man. I, I need to get him yeah, on. He's on. I need to get him on there too, though, again. Oh, you do. You do. He's doing yeah. some phenomenal things now, man. He has definitely grown and matured in his craft. It's been such an honor and blessing to, to watch him and to be a part of some of the stuff that he's been doing. He's actually on my show too. But yeah, Gino, he, he told me about Black Boots before he got it going and I was at first I was like, oh no, I need to like see it because Black Boots, for those who haven't seen it, it's about an HBCU. Gino went to Wilberforce, so he could definitely tell that that story authentically. And he's also an alpha, so it's centered around uh black Greekdom, if you will. And so 
that's a that's a touchy subject for me. I don't particularly like portraying our organizations on. If you haven't seen Burning Sands, oh no, we me and you talked about this, didn't we? I did see Burning Sands, but we talked. But did we talk about this like a couple I years ago? Right you know what? I think we did the last time I was at home. Yeah, but this is but what this is back when me and folks' daughters were young, though. They're like they we them. may have talked about it. I don't. It know. was after Christmas. It was during Christmas though, because we was hanging out at, at your parents' house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I felt the thing about Gino with black boots, I felt like it was very tasteful. You know what I'm saying? And I felt like he didn't go overboard. I felt like he told just great stories. But before he even got into it, I remember meeting him through Misha. Sam, yeah, she did. And so that's how I met him. That's how I met and him. <laughs> he, yeah. Good on Misha. But yeah, so I met him through her. And he told me about Black Boots and he was like, I'm gonna have to like, you know, create a role for you or something. And so when he was doing a scene, he hit me up. This was in 2013, 2013. And the reason why I know that is because Will was in town and it was right before Kennedy was born. So yeah, so that was 2013. He called, he called me to do some extra work for a scene and ended up literally improving a scene for me so wow. like, he was like okay Risha I need you to come up here and be the assistant to the president and he was like say this and so I said whatever he said and then I was able to improv a, a line or two in that scene and then I had a role he brought me back for two more episodes in Black Boot two or more episodes because I was in I was in two seasons and so yeah he held true to his word like one thing about Gino is that you know, he is definitely a man of his word. He is always coming up with super dope concepts. And again, another Midwesterner from Chicago. Yep. Chicago. And it's just, it's something about Midwestern folks. We have, we have a work ethic that's like none other. I think that's why we get along so well with New Yorkers, because although we go about things differently, the work ethic is the same. You know what I'm saying? So like we respect each other in a, in a huge way, but yeah, Gino's work ethic is impeccable and i'm super super duper excited for him i was able to pull to into direct brothers. episodes Johnson, and, like brothers, but it, it feels like the brothers you know yeah that's maybe that's why it is i'm like this bro no it's not it's yeah. called johnson yeah johnson yeah he directed an episode no i'm sorry directed four four episodes mm-hmm. four episodes yeah and he wrote one episode so so yeah. let, let's let's go in, let's let's go into your Grammy, man. Let's let's get this Grammy out the way. <laughs> if y'all don't know, my sister was in Kanye's choir. The infamous Sunday was it Sunday Soul? Sunday service. All right. I'm a Sunday service collective. Yeah. Sunday service collective choir, and also was that Sunday? What was the name of the album? This album was named. What was the name of that album? My mind keeps on going to the, the uh, what you call it, um, No Church on Sundays. Shout out to my oh. dude. He's a super dope MC. He writes for Kanye. No Church on Sundays. Oh, man. What you call it? Je- Jesus, is, Jesus is King is the name of the album. Jesus is King is the name of the album. The rapper I'm talking about is, uh, oh, man. It's No Dope on Sundays. I'm sorry. That's why. <laughs> it's. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, he wrote a lot of, been writing a lot of Kanye stuff recently. He's. He's on on Soul Paul. He's the main dude, the dopest dude on Soul Paul. Uh, that and he's and his albums, his albums and mixtapes are good too. Uh, oh. He's out of Atlanta, but he's he writes for Kanye. He's on good music. 
no reason I was in my mind. I don't know why I, I, I thought in my mind no church on Sundays was his album's called No Dope on Sundays. You can't sell dope on Sundays because of God. So right. <laughs> combined all of it together. So how did yeah. you get involved with that? Sure. So I had been doing background vocals with this vocal contractor named Jason White for years. And he called about, well, 40 people ended up being a part of that first wave of singers. And so I was a part of that first group who got the call. So I didn't have to audition or anything, which was a blessing to me because I hate auditioning. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the beginning of the interview, you yeah. hate just let me do what I do. I do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I got connected to Jason White through my choir director at church years prior to. And in, in my first gig with Jason was doing backgrounds for R. Kelly at the Clive Davis Grammy Gala. And I'm assuming you're okay. You're fine. Like, you was fine. You- he did. He did talk to me, though, because, you know, I got a baby face. So, yeah, he's like, <laughs> was you was you around when Leah died? Oh, well, then, you know, yeah. no. I thought she was, was just born. This is cool. But yeah, no. Nah. So that was my first gig with Jason, though. And I have been singing with him ever since. So we did, you know, TV Land Awards and just all kind of stuff. And he called me for this. I li- it's so crazy because the bottom of 2018, I was like, man, I, I miss singing in the choir because I, I left the church that I was going to at the time. So I wasn't ministering in that way, you know, anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, I got this strong urge to sing again. And um, then maybe like not even a week later, I saw something on Instagram where Jason had posted about, you know, singing at some award show or something like that. And I was like, I ain't heard from Jason in a minute. I, I miss singing with him. Like, I, I wonder what's going on. I need to get back on his radar somehow. And literally like four or five days later, I got a random text from his partner saying, a-list artist, this is the date, these are the rates, can you do it, tell me now. And I was like, yes. You know, I didn't even know who, what artist it was, you know what I'm saying? And so they said it was Kanye, and at first I was like, okay, wait a minute. Because, you know, there's a lot going on with our mans, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, love, yeah. we, love we talked about that, man. We talked about that yeah. when you came to town that time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I, I was like, I got to pray about this. And so I did, I, I took it to the Father, you know what I'm saying? And what came back to me, Swiss, was, you know, how many times have I have I worked in a corporate setting where I didn't like who I was working with or I didn't agree with their politics? What did I do? I, I focused on the goal and got the job done. And the other thing was, you know, the Holy Spirit was like, you've been praying for this brother for years, you know, which I have been. Because, you know, literally he, he lost his mom when he lost his mama. Mm-hmm. You know, he talked about that. And so, you know, we... We can say what we're going to do in certain situations, but we don't know what we're going to do until we're in that situation. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, my, my, my thing is to always pray for folks because we don't know what people are going through and, and what, what it's going to take to help them get out of it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I legit have been praying for that brother for years. And so, yeah, that's what came to me. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll go and do the job and knock it out. And what I thought would be a week you know, a weekend gig turned into a year and a quarter. We, we, we sang every single Sunday or weekend throughout 2019 up through the first uh, quarter of 2020. Wow. Yeah. So then, so how, how did, how, how did it feel when you got a Grammy though? Man, you know, 
when when I saw that he won that Grammy, I was so excited because I'm like, man, like this is a. Because you're a part of the project. I mean, this the you know even more you're part of the project, all that stuff. Yeah, I was just really excited for him because I remember him saying, um, and he said this before, so I can say this, but I remember him saying that you know people said that he was going to lose his career because he was doing this. He was like, but God told me I got to do it. So I got to do it, you know? And one thing about Kanye West that I really appreciate is that when he says he's going to do something, he's going to, he's, he does it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he, he sticks to it no matter how far-fetched or outlandish it seems like he goes for the gut. Like he literally lives, he, he thinks out there, like he thinks beyond what most people can really visualize. Um, but he just, you know, he's a, he literally is a genius and very kind. He has a very strong servant leadership to him too. Like we would need water sometimes and he go get it himself and pass it out to the choir or if something needed sweeping up, he go get a broom and sweep it up. Like he was never above any task. You know what I'm saying? And just like I said, very kind. I mean, he took good care of us. You know, if he knew about it, if there was an issue and he knew about it, it was handled. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I, I, I have mad love for Kanye West, man. I continue to pray for that brother. And, you know, yeah, he's, he, he employed a lot of, I mean, listen, we, at one point we had 150 people in our choir and then you counting like a 20, 30 piece band and production, you know what I'm saying? And sound. So, and, and, you know, locations, you know what I'm saying? So he literally was employing anywhere from 100 to 200 people every week mm. you know nobody does that swiss yeah. yeah you know what i'm saying kanye west is phenomenal and people can talk about him all they want to but i i will never because you know we don't know what that brother deals with on a daily basis and he he did nothing but show me love did i agree with everything that he did or said of course not i don't agree with everything that i do or say Right, and the greatest thing I did yesterday. Right, nobody's perfect, you know what I mean? So like, it's like, we just gotta, we, we're we all saved by grace, man, and not to not to get too preachy, but I'm just like, nobody's perfect. So I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and judge that man, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is, and that's his life to live, you know what I'm saying? All I can do is support folks when I see they're trying to do better, just like I hope somebody would support me when I'm trying to do better, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, like I, I had to, me and Matt are, are coming out on our next episode, the scenario, the, the top 25 sellouts of all time, like, like the basketball polls, you know, like when you go to the, the NCAA tournament, we're doing it for sellouts. And previously on our last episode, I said, we need to exclude Kanye out of this. I don't want to uh, talk about anybody that's going through mental strain. I want full on sellouts on my top 25 sellout. <laughs> Just dig the name hills. It has been a sellout where it's no question you, 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 you tap dancing. I want the full tap. I don't want words like it's a tap dance under duress or it's some, I want you to be fully involved in the tap dance. Fair. And I said like Kanye's maybe going through some mental things. I, in my heart, put him on the top 25 sellouts of all time with a, with a, with a, with a pure heart, knowing what he's been through. Clarence Thomas. I like that. Definitely on there. You know, like, you know, Candace Owens rising to the top, rising every day. <laughs> she's in a different area, you know, yes. and she's unadulterated, you know, yes. just rising yes. up. So, you know, just <laughs> people like that. 
I have one now that's going to uh, uh, trip people out. I kind of think that Tina Turner might be on the also receiving votes area of that on the low. If you look at some of her documentaries and stuff, she didn't stop. She didn't fuck with black people after 79. Really? Have you seen her new documentary on HBO? I haven't seen it. I got to check it out. Go look at it and go look at her whole band. Um, everybody she was hanging out with after uh, she left Ike. It wasn't a black person to be found. Wow. I said she'd sell out because I know I, it, it's a joke. It's in joke. But <laughs> it's just something that I think people, just, I don't think you really trip off of it, especially our age. We're not, yeah. we were young. So you just take Tina Turner for what it is. And then you see the documentary, right. you're like, wait a minute. You hang out with no black people mm. at all. When wow. I'm talking about at all, Oprah is the only black person she hangs out with. Wow. But Oprah don't count. She got money. She a billionaire. Right. That's basically. You know, right. I ain't, you know, I, I ain't black, I'm Oprah, you know, basically. Like, right. like, literally, she can say that. So, yeah, so what I'm saying is Kanye's kit will not be on the scenarios, comprehensive top 25 sellout list. He will not be on there in the poll. So, I and I will not let him be there. I put it out there, and, I, and it's online, and I said it, that we had to give Kanye some grace for what he's going through. There's plenty of other sellouts for us to put on this list. And there's a long line of them. He is not needing to be on there. It is plenty of us for the filters. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I, that's love. That's love. That's love. Because not, not enough people give him grace. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Not, I don't, but I'm going to give him grace and not put him on the top 25 sellout list. I did yeah. put him on the OJ uh, Gal Infinity Gauntlet at one point, and I took and I was like, We can't do that. You seen, you seen all the Avengers, right? With the Infinity Gauntlet, uh -huh. so we got an OJ. OJ, that's hilarious. Oh, I'm gonna send you the uh, episode with me and Matt, bro. So every every uh, gym is different. So that's hilarious. OJ is number one. Did you did, did I send you a picture of me meeting OJ? No, I meant OJ. What? I have a whole episode. I talk about meeting OJ. Stop playing in Vegas. Where? Of course. In On Father's Day. It was Father's Day weekend. We all his yes. She in there because she needs to be there. Too. See, everyone asked me that. <laughs> but all the other kids were there except for one of the daughters. The one of the but one of Nicole Brown's sons was there. And then you had, hold on. Let me I'm gonna blow it up on the screen here for everybody. We was we was gonna do a little thing here. So Arnell was Arnell was there. Shout out to Arnell, still looking good at 50 some years old. Okay. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up here. You can see this. We're just gonna do a little show and tell on here real quick. Okay. I'm gonna share my screen with you. There you go. What? Stop playing. Wow. She looked just like her daddy boy. Man, in uh Henderson Father's Day brunch. Wow, that's crazy. And so I saw the juice. So <laughs> I walk in. I see the juice. I'm probably, I'm going to cut this out the episode, but I have to tell you this now since we talk about it. <laughs> I see the juice. I, we make eye contact. We're the only black people in there. So it's me, Lexi family. So it's Lexi's dad moved to Vegas. Okay. So we went out there to see him for Father's Day and hang out. Mm -hmm. So I see the juice. He sees me, see him. <laughs> I give him the, I give him the thumbs up. He points at me. <laughs> I leave back out. I call Matt and I'm like, yo, Matt, yo, the juice is no, he didn't pick up. 
And I was like, yo, the juice is here. He was like, no, I called him three times. Then I said like, the juice is here. He immediately calls me, do you mean OJ? I was like, yes, he is. He was like, you have to get pictures with him and talk to him. So I didn't want to bum rush his spot because there was so many white people just, oh my God, juice, can you take a picture with me? Take a picture with me. And I'm like, I'm not going to be, I'm going to let, he's with his full family for Father's Day. Mm-hmm. So I sit over in the corner, not a corner, what I tell you, what I feel like. So he comes over to our table and goes, hey, <laughs> this is so nigga shit, though. Don't you, uh, I got all my kids out with me for Father's Day. <laughs> Father don't mean his kid's life. Like, you see me with my kids, right? Oh, me all my kids. Because <laughs> I got all my kids but one. And yeah. so I immediately start counting, like, because I was like, oh, he's talking about Chloe. And so it was That's the other one. I realized it was the other one. <laughs> the other one from Nicole. And I was like, ooh, he talking about, I was like, is he getting me to school? Right. And he was like, then he was like, I was like, can I get a picture, OJ? And he, he, uh, Arnell, that's why the picture, like, because Arnell is like, Daddy, we gotta go, because she know how he is. So that's yeah. how I ended up just getting that snot shot there. Uh, actually, Lexi's dad got the shot of him uh-huh. with that right there. That's dope, man. What? I love it. <laughs> the fucking juice. So we made an infinity gauntlet with the juice. That Bill Cosby's on there. R. Kelly, Kanye, Candace. Candace Owens and Clarence Thomas. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so it was it was hard. But anyway, let's let's get back into it. <laughs> so after the Kanye things, how do you get into doing the John? Like, how is this whole process? You become the EP on the Johnsons, this show, dope show. I was in there, you know, I've I've had to bootleg the preview because I missed the original preview, but now mm-hmm. I'm locked in on bouncetv.com. Go there. In elementary school, we all had to line up in alphabetical order for lunch. These guys were next to me because we all had the same last name. These guys are my brothers. I was calling you because I was wondering if you've seen Greg. Oh, he's working right now. So he's with you right now. I can't hear you. Okay, bye. He's just hung up. Mm. You believe that? I sure can. Men don't break the cold, girl. She got you cooking breakfast. She got you home for the street lights. Come on. What are you running from? I'm not running. I'm walking fast. Yeah, we walking fast from the truth. Trust me, man. You don't want to lose that. You kids these days, y'all get with somebody because they fine or they got a lot of followers. Fine ain't going to raise your kids right. You don't have to fight me on everything. Funny how when I don't submit, you see it as a fight. She's hardly home. Works the top priority. Everybody grows. Most people grow apart. So where are your friends you always come here with? It's really good to see the bond that you guys have. Now, real friends, they're rare. Jarvis needs to hear the truth sometimes, okay? He's been tripping lately. Your truth isn't Jarvis's truth, Greg. And I think sometimes we can be overly sensitive. And white people are tired of us talking about this. Who, like your wife, Lisa? Things just ain't the same with Greg. Like, I've changed or something. Black women weren't checking for me when I didn't have nothing. Now I got something. All of a sudden, I sold out. My mother used to say to me that if you listen to someone long enough, they'll tell you who they really are. I hear you loud and clear. It is damn hard to find a way to grow together, but you got to concentrate on the simple things you did when you first met. Hold on to them. What y'all brothers and sisters? That's right. Just different moms and dads. Johnson, an all-new Bounce original series, premieres August 1st get it you know what i'm saying if you're not in a bounce tv 
radius. St. Louis is not. Yeah, we not out. Yeah, should. Well, it depends on. I got AT. Oh yeah, it's not on AT and T. So like, if you had, I go like, to the website. Is it on the website? They, the the the, the you got to wait a couple of weeks to get the, the 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 previous episode. Got it. Okay. It ain't up to date. They have they have brown sugar too. Right. Yeah, you get the brown sugar app as well. Yeah. So yeah, so explain the show how you got involved and give the people the premise of you know what the show is, all that good stuff. Sure. So Johnson on Bounce TV, it was it is a project that was created by a guy named Deji Luray, who also is one of the executive producers, and he's also one of the leads. He plays the character Greg on the show. Okay. And so he wrote he You're wrote doing a little project. Spike Lee stuff where I'm gonna put myself in it too. Like I've never yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> so he he wrote this about six, the pilot about six years ago. Wow. And he ended up meeting Thomas shortly thereafter, maybe think two years later. And they shot up. Thomas Jones too, though, who is seamlessly uh, transitioned careers and can tell you and showing you like that you can don't get stuck in one thing of having to only be an athlete and only known as an athlete or whatever you are. If you want to go throughout to something else, switch, you can switch it up if you're good at it. Yeah, like he, he legit didn't know anything about acting until he got into it, you know, and so I tell him all the time, like, I'm just really proud of him because to your point, what you just said, like, he literally has changed careers, you know, and he's known for acting, you know, there are some people who don't even know him as a football player, they know him as an actor. So everybody in um, Frawley Hall knows on October but yeah, so like he, you know, he's doing such a great job with that. So yeah, he and Deji are our production part, producing partners rather. And I ended up meeting Thomas in 2016 through a mutual friend of ours. He was in, he was in a short film that she was producing, producing, shout out to Natasha Ward. I mean, I was actually assisting her because she's a casting director and producer. And when I left NBC Universal, I was trying to really get my feet wet into casting as well as music supervising. So I was reaching out to all my friends who were in those two spaces to learn more about it, just to see if it was something I really, really wanted to get into. And so I told Tosh, I was like, yeah, I'll help you. You know, I'll assist you with, with whatever you need. And, you know, you don't have to pay me. I just want to learn, you know? And so I helped her cast this short film in addition to like a Bill Duke project and some other stuff that she was doing. And Thomas and Tori Hart were the leads in the short film. So it was my job to connect them um, via email. I had to call Thomas and Tori to make sure they knew where to go and all that good stuff and what the, you know, just the logistics of what was going on with the project. And so I had never met him in, in person though. So that was 2016. Then fast forward to 2018, I was at a cookout. My mentor had a cookout and in comes Thomas and Deji. And so when I saw Thomas, I was like, hey, we've, met before but not in person I was like I'm Risha I helped Natasha with their project you were in a couple of years ago he's like oh yeah I remember that so he remembered the whole scenario and we got to talk in went to exchange information and he had my number still and I I had his number still so we laughed at that didn't keep in touch like we said then we ended up bumping into each other at this spot called the dime out here in LA and we're like we got to get together still so we got together and he showed me Johnson, like he literally was like, we were in a loud space. So he was showing me the pilot on his phone, but telling well, he had me- he shot the pilot already. Yes, yes. They had shot the pilot. So Deji wrote it six years ago. They shot the pilot four years ago. 
Okay. Okay. And so, so is that the pilot that we see when we see the show or is re okay. It's repackaged and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the pilot, excuse me, the pilot was shot in LA and the pilot for Johnson is in Atlanta now. Right. Yeah. So he was showing me the pilot and I was like, yo, and like telling me what would it, what it was about. And I was like, yo, this is dope. Like, please send this to me because like this show reminds me of the men in my family. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, like this reminds me of my uncles and my daddy and my cousins and my ex-boyfriends and, you know, just the great men in my life. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's yeah. perfect and they deal with crazy situations, but that's life. You know what I'm saying? And it honestly reminded me of like Thomas described it to me as like the 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 male insecure, but I like to describe it as if we're if the best man or the brothers were on television, it would be Johnson. Right. Like if it was more developed as a serial uh exactly. series instead of a movie. Exactly. So yeah. So I was like, please send this to me. And so he did. I sent it to my team. I work for Cedric. Uh, the entertainer and Eric Rohn's production company. Yo, man, STL, stay together, boy. <laughs> we stay together, man. And yo, like, man, I love those men so much. I had in 2018, in 2018, I started working with them. I had just started working on Luke Cage. And yeah, we, we, I, I forgot all this other with the Cheo stuff, man. Slipping, cuz. <laughs> So you worked on Luke Cage too? Oh, that's I, I, I know that. I'm just everybody else to know. Like, okay, keep going, keep going. It's I'm, not good. I'm so a horrible interviewer. I got off. No, you've been doing great. You, you remember a lot of stuff that I was like, what are you thinking of? But I just got the job with on Luke, and I hit up Eric just to like, you know, tell him what was going on with me. So for those who don't know Eric Rohn, Eric Rohn is like the man behind the man. Like he's yeah. Cedric manager i always want to get eric Rohn. If, if this is a small story he he came to a free time when a free time's first events and showed us super love he, really? we, when we start we start doing do you remember we was doing thursdays at posh he came through there and he was like y'all young he's like y'all got it sophisticated up in here we had to remember we had the band with the yeah. dj and he came in with uh two other cats they was just sitting there chilling with some wine and chilling out and he was and he was told me and roy and he was like Y'all got something going here, man. And you like, y'all, y'all young, but this is sophisticated. That's the only time I remember. So that oh. uh, he is he is dope, man. He when I tell you he looks out for St. Louis so tough. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I already know. He STL through and through. Like he, he did he go to CMO with um Cedric? He did. That's how they met. Is that yep. fraternity brothers too, right? They are, yep. And he's been managing set since college. Really? Since that long? Yep. That long. That's some down by law. Yep. Yep. Wow. And so, like, he's been the one, like, you know, managing everything for said and working out deals for said and other people, you know, just he's that dude. Like, I mean, of course, in St. Louis, he sits on all kind of boards and has a, his own foundation with his wife and just does a lot of great things in the community in St. Louis. And so I reached out to him because he, he's like a big brother to me. So I would like reach out, you know, and just check in with him throughout the time I was in LA. And when I got the job on Luke, I was like, yeah, Eric, I got this job on Luke Cage. And at the time I had a film that was a finalist with the Gentleman Jack Reel to Reel competition Jack Daniels, gentleman Jack had a yeah. Which one was that? You know, I did. You know, I held sponsored. I mean, they, uh, that was one of my sponsors. 
Which one was okay. that one with the uh, girl that had the? Uh... Yeah, Daddy's big girl. The little girl had died. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But I'm sorry that the little girl died. The daddy died, but she mm -hmm. could see her daddy. Yeah. Yep. Daddy's big girl. So yeah, I helped produce that, and that ended up winning that competition. So like all that was happening at this time at the same time, and so I hit Eric just to let him know what was going on. And he was like, we got to, let's get together. I'm in LA right now. And I was like, okay, cool. So I got to get, got together with him. And he was like, well, we just got this contract with CBS and we're looking to expand our team by two executives. I would love to pitch you. And I was like, oh, whatever that means. <laughs> oh yeah. So, I mean, cause at that time I had produced so many things, you know, I, I had produced, I was a story associate producer on a TV show with Shawnee O'Neill and her kids her and Shaq's kids. I had done some other, that was on VH1. I had done another pilot for Lifetime. I had produced several short films and a feature documentary. So I had definitely gotten my, um, in another T, you know, independent TV show. So I had really gotten my feet wet in the production realm. And so, so yeah, when he asked me to do it, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I didn't know what it all entailed, but I'm like, if Eric Rohn sees something valuable in me that, you know, will be value added to his team then you better go ahead and say yes you know what i'm saying so we had a meeting he pitched it to said and had a meeting we had a meeting with his wife who i know as well shout out to angie roan and the next thing i know they like bet you on so i've been working with eric and cedric since 2018 so is this the neighborhood all those shows as well so I don't work directly on the neighborhood, but the because I knew you said the CBS deal, that's why I think you using the CBS. Yeah, deal. the the neighborhood is up under the bird and a bird and a bear umbrella. It is one of their shows that they produce. Yes, but so they have a they have a first look deal with CBS. So for instance, what that means is if you have a project and we acquire it and develop it, we take it to CBS first because they have to. So that you had to take the brothers to CBS first, not the brothers. Why do I keep calling it the brothers? Johnson. Uh, you had to take Johnson yeah. to CBS first. Yep. Yep. And then I took it around town and everybody loved it, but they didn't pick it up. I took it to bounce. And um, well, actually we, I set up a meeting with the head of, of programming over at Scripps. He's one of the executive vice presidents, David Hudson over at Scripps and Scripps is the parent company to like bounce and Court TV and Ion and all these other networks. Mm -hmm. And so took it to, took it to David. He loved it. We had a meeting in January of 2020 and he loved it. I set up the meeting with him, Deji Thomas, Eric and I, and he loved it immediately. Like he's a brother though. So he got it right out the gate. Yeah. You, you relate to it. Yeah. Yeah. So and 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 honestly, no disrespect to CBS in saying this, but I don't think CBS would have been able, even if they that would have been the that wouldn't have been a show that was going to be supported well on CBS's network anyway. So that right. was a that was a blessing by not having to be able to go there because CBS is I wouldn't say it's a dying network. I just feel that it's the oldest of all the major networks the way they're programming it. Yeah, and they're trying to they're trying to fix. Yeah, it. I know they are, but but they're not going to support a show called Johnson. And on yeah. CB, come on, man, yeah. this ain't 85. Yeah. The thing I love about Bounce, too, is that they gave us a lot of creative control. Right. Johnson would have had one white guy on there in the Johnson crew. Who knows? And his last name, he'd have been Johnson, yeah. but it'd been Wesley Johnson. Right. And I ain't talking about Wesley Jonathan, who's like my third cousin. 
Uh, right. <laughs> Johnson, not Jonathan. Just is right. a Wesley Johnson. Yeah. If, if, if right. you know, you know what I mean by Wesley. You right. You right. But so yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It wouldn't have been three. It wouldn't have been brothers. It'd have been. Oh, we need to throw his spat. And nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I love the purity of that show and how it's just it's just black dudes. So authentic. Yeah. It, you know, and I'm not saying that you don't have authentic relations like that in general, but I personally needed to see a relationship like that. That's for me. Yes, we all do. Yeah. And even they they do too, because, you know, largely in part, you know, we don't really see our brothers portrayed as human beings. You know what I'm saying? We, we see them portrayed as thugs or they be dads or, you know, abusers or whatever they are. We don't see them as people like you or like my brother or like my daddy or like my uncles, you know what I'm saying? Or all of our, you know, the great men in our lives. We don't see them portrayed that way on TV. And although y'all ain't perfect, like, you know, everybody, we, we are all flawed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But just good human beings, you know what I'm saying? And that's the typical black male, you know what I'm saying? Most black men who have kids are, are, are in their kids' lives. They try to portray it a different way and or if they aren't in their lives, there's some type of stipulation that's keeping them from there. You know what I'm saying? Like needing government assistance. You can't have a man in the home if you have government assistance. You know what I'm saying? So there are all these little traps they put in place for our people and then try to blame it on us. And it's like, no, like y'all put these systems in place on purpose to keep us segregated. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna get off this. No, 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 no. Dude, look, this, this, this is a soapbox, uh, a free soapbox area. <laughs> But yeah, like I'm so excited about this show because, you know, it's it's telling a narrative that not not only is, you know, male, black male point of view, point of view centric, it's also showing, you know, the black women too. You know, the black women are very strong on this show. There are different types of black women on this show, just like there are different types of black men on this show. I love how with the the core group of black men everyone is different you know what i'm saying not everybody's the 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 cool guy not everybody's the the you know the straight laced you know brother brother you know what i'm saying yeah. like the, the is the great class act brooks brother the brothers brooks exactly <laughs> exactly but yeah so i mean it's just it's and, and, and you know what i love and it's a it's a term i always said and it's actually not my term it actually comes from most deaf and he says we the niggas are kings or bitches are queens. Ain't no in-between. We either gotta be the highest of anything in blackness or we the most downgraded anything in the dirt. And most of us is in between here. You know, mm -hmm. most of us in between being a king and being a nigga or being a queen and being a bitch in his, in his, in his you know, analogy. It's true. It's true. But yeah, this show shows the the layers of black people, you know, and I love it. Like we have a character who's the quirky one, you know, he's like the the Ryan, he's like the, the childish Gambino of the group. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But it's he's, so many crews like that. I mean, it's so many, it's so, it's so authentic. This show is so authentic and it had to be on something like a bounce because, you know, we have to be able to tell our stories as they are. We cannot afford to water them down. I mean, we have to water it down, you know, in some regard anyway, because, you know, it's PG-13. 
Yeah. So we can yeah. get it. Yeah, but you still get the gist of what's happening. You know what I'm saying? And I'm really excited. You know, there have been talks about a season two. I don't know what that is yet, but you know, if there is a season two, I know that it's going to be. I mess with Bounce. One of my favorite shows on Bounce is Saints and Sinners. I'm a Saints and Sinners fan. I've been rocking with Saints and Sinners since season one. Oh, man, I look. I gotta check it out. I heard it's a really good show. I've seen like look, clips it, of it. Look, it is black uh, soap opera at its best. <laughs> look, do you remember the TV show, uh, the soap opera Passions? Yeah, I didn't watch Passions. But you, okay, you'd be like Victor Newman's still alive. <laughs> I thought he got pushed off the bridge, shot at, and burned, and he lives. So I have to check it out. Yeah, you'd be like, he's still alive. He got an evil twin? That's hilarious. Listen, I love him. Who would have knew we had to kill all three of them? (laughs) I love me some Clifton Powell. I just, I always just say Pinky. Look, man, I just, man, (laughs) I've written like random things in my head that I just want to cast him in in my mind just for random roles, like man at the gas station, not like a major role, just to be bit roles throughout the series <laughs> just Clifton powers all these random people I love him man did you see him He's in good. Black Lightning you see him in Black Lightning yes <laughs> come on now look Clifton been putting work in for 30 40 years he has he has he's so dope He's so dope. I'm glad that he's still working out here in these streets but work once again working everybody check out Johnson so we got to go into my rapid fire questions these are these are hard hidden questions oh boy so yeah everybody can check out johnson on bounce tv if you don't have bounce because it isn't everywhere on your cable provider if you have an antenna it's on free tv so you know i know a lot of people cut the cord so you know they're using different ways to watch television so yeah getting an antenna for like 15 dollars or whatever you you know want to spend on an antenna you can go on amazon five dollars just to it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't have to be uh old school with the rabbit ears you know what i'm saying you yeah. can find them on amazon they look nice whatever else but you can do that or you can download it on the brown sugar app and you just go on like amazon or this now i have a this may be a far gone question for because i know saints and sinners gets put on hulu after the season's over will that right. be the same with johnson it's in the it's in talks. I, I asked him the same thing. Because that's that, the that's the explosion y'all gonna have is when y'all can be like it's on so y'all really end up having two seasons almost because y'all yeah. have the initial season and then the online Hulu season. Yep, yep. So yeah, I, I definitely asked him about that and I, I'm still awaiting feedback on that. But yeah. um you know, if that's a possibility, we'll definitely let the people know once we once we get the feedback. But yeah, right now it's just on Brown Sugar. You can catch all the all the episode previous episodes on there, and I think it's only like what three dollars or four dollars to stream on Brown yeah. Sugar. And yeah, you could, so you, you could do it through you could do it through Hulu or through Prime. I know that that you can just oh, okay. add that onto your uh, your normal your Prime or your Hulu membership on those on top of those. Yeah. Um, also on Roku too. It's on Roku. Roku. So that's how you can catch Johnson. It's a really great show. It airs every Sunday on regular television, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're on the East Coast, it's at 8 o'clock. Of course, Mountain Standard Time, 6 o'clock. Pacific, 5 o'clock. 
Um, oh, so they don't they don't hold it off and then make it at seven for West Coast? Nope. Nope. They only have one feed okay. at the same time, but they show it twice. Okay. Tonight. So it shows also at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, uh, nine o'clock and eight o'clock. So, okay. So it's, it's prime time on the eight o'clock. You just have to wait for the recast eight o'clock if you're on the West Coast. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. All so right. Time for these, these, these are the hardest questions you'll have in your life. Oh my God. I know you got a master's degree. I know uh, all this education. Me, you didn't say you didn't work on Luke Cage. These questions are beating this. All right. First question Fresh Prince or Martin? This is, this is that. This is a second. You either get to choose one or each. That's all you got. Martin. Martin. All right. Now, this is a triple threat match. This is a very key one. Now, it's going to be Juice versus New Jack City versus Menace to Society. Which one are you picking? Oh man, I, I must say, yeah, Lee, that's not easy. Oh man, I'm gonna have to go any, any, any more on. That. I'm gonna say, dang, Swiss. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with a. Uh, okay. All right. That Next was hard. One. That was hard. Yeah. All right. This one is St. Louis based only. St. Louis fried rice or St. Louis toasted ravioli. Or St. Louis ribs. Dang, I'm gonna go with the rice. I'm gonna go with St. Louis. I was rice. Gonna, look. There is a I I don't. There are some people that are that disrespecting St. Louis rice that never had it. I guess New Orleans is supposed to have some good fried rice. I um, ain't never heard of this. No, no. St. Louis fried rice. I'm talking. About, I will put it up against rice coming from China. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm de- like people laugh when I said that. Like, no, yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. Yes. Like there's like St. Louis style fried rice in other cities. Yes. <laughs> Dallas has a whole business based off of St. Louis style rice. I know Dallas does. Do they <laughs> really? What's the black dude from St. Louis that runs it? Boom. Yeah. I, I But the ribs though, man. That's why I ain't say ribs though. Is because I don't you can get some decent that. ribs anywhere else. You can't get no. that St. Louis fried rice. You, you, that's true too. But I'm going to say, well, yeah, that's true. St. Louis fried rice is just it. Memphis definitely has some bomb ribs. You don't like Casey? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. They, I don't like their barbecue. Sorry, Casey. Love y'all, but. You don't like the sauce? The sauce is terrible. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really like that. I don't like that smoky. Like, they put it in a smoker. Whereas St. Louisans, we put it on the grill. Yeah. And let it smoke out that way. There's a difference. That is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Nah, we're going to go with the rice. I can't eat the ribs no more because I'm pescatarian. So we can get the beef. I, I miss, I, I, I definitely miss ribs from St. Louis. Remember CNK? Stop lying. Do they have fish though? I'm going to text you the, 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 they got a menu online. Bet you just made my whole day. Yeah. So I, don't, I, I, I only looked at the wings and like the chicken and the beef. Yeah, and you know it's right. actually a black-owned fried rice spot in St. Louis now too, on on St. Charles Rock Road, right off Ashby and St. Louis Charles Rock Road. They yeah. do ribs. They do all St. Louis style food all in one place. So you can get all. You can go there get a fried rice, some ribs, some uh, jumbo shrimp, a vest, all this. It's like Sarah Lou's on crack. Yeah. It's on St. Charles Rock Road in Ashby, in like a okay. uh, strip mall over there. Text me that. Yeah, do you remember? You remember where that, that shop and save used to be over there by off of St. Charles Rock Road? It used to be. It was an old uh, drive-in. They turned into the uh, that shop and save Schnooks over there. 
it's across the street from there. It's right on St. Charles Rock Road in Ashby. Okay. It's, do you yeah, know what I, Judy Best is? The Best Talent Center is? It's next to it. It's not next to it, but it's the, it's like maybe a block down from there. It's a Waffle House right next to it. So you can, it's the uh, Cypress Road is right there to take you all the way to the airport. Yes. yes. So this is all in that area right there okay. before you get to Limburg. Before, yep. uh, St. Charles Road before you get to Limburg. Yeah. Yep. So it's in between, uh, like, uh, you know, like with Bridgeton and all that. No, it yep. is in Bridgeton, but. You know, in between that air right before you get to a Limburg. But it, yep, that's it's a black spot that does all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I need you to text me all Black that. fried rice. I, I go over there. I like, I just want to get, I'll get, I just want some fried rice. Support a black business by getting some fried rice. Boom. There you go. Thank you for telling me that. I yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah. Man. All right. So, Sade or Anita Baker. Okay. 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 It's, kind of, it's funny that you paired those two. Because growing up, I didn't like either one of them. I didn't either. Are you serious? I hated them until maybe early high school. I'd have to say the same. It's so funny because, okay, I won't say that I didn't like them. Because I hated I the song Fairy Tales. I might still kind of hate that song. <laughs> so the, the, the concept of the song, just the lyrics just kind of throws me off. You know. Well, for, for me, Anita Baker, like she definitely has hits. Like she's undeniable. Like, she has some amazing, like phenomenal songs. But as a singer, I like to sing along. And if I can't understand what you're saying, I don't like that. <laughs> so, so the ad libbing and stuff she does? She, she, she doesn't enunciate her words. Yeah. She's very, I call mushy mouth. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I saw her live that I was like, okay. And I begrudgingly saw her live. <laughs> I was at Essence Festival with my line sisters one year. And Maxwell ass was two hours late for his set. So Anita Baker stayed up until he got there. And so I was I was watching Anita Baker for the duration until Maxwell got there. And I was like, she is killing it. She kills it. She's phenomenal. Like she really, in her songs, I mean, they're undeniable. She she has smashes in it's her It's just voice. different. It's like, because Sade is like an experience if you go to her concert to me. I never went to her. But you know what? Her band, like, I love her sound. Like, but again, she was another, like, she was just kind of draggy for me though. But and it's like, as you get older, at least I, I think I'm older as you, and I think I think it's life to maybe like both of them as well. I think that may be a, a key point and loving, liking them, and experiencing life, and being like, yeah. "Oh, they talking about some real shit on this." Oh, yeah, they are. They are. I used to play. You know, Sade's band. I can't think of her, her band's name. Yeah, you talk. Is the name of the band is called Sade? Technically, no. The band has a name of its own. Oh yeah, you talking about uh, the, the, their, their, no, no. But the band is named Sade. But oh. when they're not in a group, they're called. Man, I'm forgetting their name now. Uh, Cause they had, they got two dope albums. Yes, they do. I used to have a jazz show. I used to be a radio personality at Lincoln and I used to play their album all the time. Like exactly. Cause that song with a Miller rule is dope. You will rise. That joint. She's so cold. I could listen to her all day. Miller. Low, low key. I feel like Beyonce was listening to her, was studying her during her first solo album. If you go back and listen to that first solo album, hmm. And, and listen to the riffs that she would do. I was like, that's Amelia LaRue. She's listening to Amel. Because, like, remember back in the day with Destiny's Child, like, you knew what Beyonce was going to do. Every run, you knew what was coming. Yeah. 
when she did her yeah. first album, she ch she changed, and I remember being like, whoever her vocal coach is is amazing. And the ballads got better though. Yes, they did, but her her runs were unpredictable and crispy, and like it was just dope. But like you listen to some of Mel Larue stuff and listen to Beyonce's first solo album, you be like, yep, she was listening to a Mel Larue. She had to have been. That's or I'm about to, to, to peep this out. I've yeah, never even yeah. thought about this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, Sweetback is cold. Sweetback is cold. Sweetback is cold. This, this, this could be a hard one for a lot of people. This may be a hard one for some people. If you rather, Would you rather have no arms or no legs? Why are you like this? <laughs> oh, man. I feel like I'd rather have no arms. I'd be able to move around, bro. But like, have you seen... It's somebody out there with just legs and they she be eating and 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 doing everything. Yeah, no, because my uncle tells a story about him at, getting into a fight with a dude over a girl that was in a wheelchair. Uh, he had to beat up a dude in a wheelchair and <laughs> and when he was in graduate school. So the dude, I guess he was talking to his girl. And <laughs> that is crazy. So the dude was like pulling them down, like, hey, no, he said, No, come here, you know. And he was like, what's what, man? What? Who are you? Like, what's up? And he tried to put him in a headlight. He's like, you get up off my girl, nigga. He's like, he's like, so I just start beating him down. He like, dude fell out of his chair. I kept stopping on him. I'm like, oh. but he he's like, but he had me for a minute because he strong. had me in the headlight. And he's and he's lowered to the ground. So I'm kind of like, he's like, I slipped out and I said I hit him twice in the ribs. And he's like, and he <laughs> let me go. And he's like, and then it was over for him then because now I got all the everything on him. So I just stopped hitting him. And then he fell out the chair and he tried to crawl. And he's like, and I start stomping on him. I was like, what? <laughs> the fight is over, huh? Stomping on him. He's out. Oh, you won the fight, um. You're the better man. Uh, uh, but a man with, with, with no legs. Yeah. That man, he was trying to holler at his girl. At the, it was at a bar. It was at a, what place was it? The uh, Chicago people know the Dayton game. It's what it's called, the Dayton game on the south side. Gino will know. And he was there, and it was like, yeah, no, hey, man, come here, man. I need to holler at you, man. Come here. He's like, no, what's up, man? What's up? No, no, no. Like, so he kept leaning. He leaned down. He caught him. <laughs> and he was like, and he said he got me. He caught me slipping. So he's like, I ain't, I'm trying. He's like, so I just hit him. Pop, pop, oh, he let me go. He said, I gave him all the work. and he, So I had to give him a couple of pieces on the foot. I was like, oh, why? You already won when he fell out the chair. That's the game. Fight's over. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. And my uncle with the uh, wheelchair, man. That's that's Funny. that's why I always ask that question. Like, would you rather have two arms or, or, or two legs? Like, I need to be mobile. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, now I'm rethinking it. <laughs> you, you're thinking about if you need to get up, lump up somebody real quick. You ain't got no arms. You just be like, man, you want to go run outside or have a race? Like for over, over this uh, disagreement, that's hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> what did you say with that question? Oh no, I'm gonna take my legs off. I'm gonna fight you. I'm still gonna be able to get with you, and I'm still gonna be able to, you know, kick it, dab up my boys, have fun. You know, <laughs> if I ain't got no legs, I'm just like, what? A, er, er, everybody, I'm giving a little show. So my shoulders may be mean, though. You know, I'm gonna have to have a mean <laughs> shoulder bump. But I wanna, you know, at least you. You know, and I always at when somebody always had to come down and be like, "Hey man, where my money at?" You know, like because they got to come down to me in the wheelchair, like, "Hey man, you know, you know, you need to move your stuff out the crib." 
Like, so like, yeah. it can only thing is always like a private conversation. Misha, thank you so much for doing this. I thank appreciate you. So thank uh, you this was super me. fun, super, super, super fun. Let, plug all your socials everywhere people can hit you up at. I'm generally on Instagram at Risha LA. I'm not being Hollywood. Those are my initials. And it's like R-E-E-S-H-A-L-A. So yeah, hit me on, hit me on the gram. So, and when, when is the show come on again? Every Sunday through October, I think, 3rd. Well, actually, no, to be a little bit past that, because we're not going to be airing an episode during Labor Day weekend. Yeah, it'll extend out. But yeah, every Sunday on Bounce TV. It airs every Monday on the Brown Sugar Network, or Brown Sugar app, rather. Yeah, you can catch it um, again, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. Pacific. And then again at 11 Eastern, 10 Central, 9 uh, Mountain, and 8 Pacific on Sundays. All right, Risha. Thank you so much. Like, you understand. It's like, this is super, super dope. I learned a lot about you. I didn't even know, you know. So this is super, super cool. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me. All All right. Love you, man. Love you. Okay, bye.